Live from the Brown O'Haver Studios, it's time for The Rush with Podcast Award winner Teddy Lehman and Tyler McComas. People look at USC's four wins and eight loss record last year and say, boy, they've got a long way to go. No, it speaks to how lousy of a coach Clay Helton was. With the same people, it probably would have been an eight and four record with Lincoln Riley. This is not a great roster, but it is filled with talented players who with the right coach will win. And duly noting, the Pac-12 is the weakest it has been in my life. Oregon has the most talent, and USC is not on their schedule next year. Offensively, the transfer portal has allowed USC to strengthen significantly in the last month. They will vie for the conference, and I'd be surprised if they don't win it. That said, they are two to three years away and multiple recruiting classes from vying from the Buckeyes, Clemson, Georgia, Alabama, and maybe even Oklahoma. Yeah, shut up, Colin. OU doing just fine. They're at number eight right now in the uh, 24-7 sports team rankings. Brent Venables holding a press conference right now. Did you hear anything of note during that break? I, I don't know if you were listening in or not. Did you get any nice intel there? Uh, not really. Uh, we, we had some, some more communication issues. Seriously? Here in that last portion. Did they really? I, well, yes. <laughs> Like it, like on his end, I'm guessing. Oh or, yeah. Oh man, wherever he's at right now, it is. Uh, <laughs> it's not good, dude. Uh, by the way, here's some things that he's been saying. Venables on Jaron Kanak quote: "I tried to reassure him that Clemson was the great place he fell in love with. I told him I didn't have a spot for him. He said he was trying to do the right thing ethically." But Dabo Sweeney eventually gave Kanak his blessing to join the Sooners. So that's pretty cool. Like BV was, and that's what we thought all along, right? It's Kanak was pretty open. Like, hey, I want to come to OU and play for you. Brent Venables was like, ah, ethically, it's not the right way to go about it, dude. Just go to Clemson, man. It's a great place. It's a place you fell in love with. Go to Clemson and play ball there. Eventually, Dabo says, nah, that's if you want to go to OU. Go to OU, and that's what's happened. Which I think very rare nowadays pretty, in college football. Pretty awesome, just on both accounts. First, of course, for Brent Venables to back up what he preaches, to have told all of those different Clemson commits, sign, sign with Clemson. Jaron, Jaron Kanak, right here to say, no, hey, I know I'm not there now, but believe in Dabo Sweeney. Go to Clemson, but then. At the end of all of it, for Dabo Sweeney to realize and say, okay, you want to play for Coach Brent Venables. It's okay. You have my blessing. Go to Oklahoma. I mean, I, that's pretty legit on the other end of the equation from Coach Sweeney, too. Yeah, no, it is. It's a pretty stark difference um, as to the way the guy here currently would handle that situation compared to what the previous guy would have done. You know, um, it's it's a it, it, it's a big difference. When and it's do you worked think, out well uh, for you. When is Brent Venables scheduled a hit piece on ESPN to tell us uh, his thoughts on being the arbiter of the transfer portal? Uh, here in about thirty minutes, I'm sure. Here in about thirty minutes, we need another Lincoln Riley uh, appearance to tell us more about the state of college football and what we should think about it. Let's see uh, what else is going on in this press and, uh, press conference right now. I guess uh, Brent Vittables has never been interested in the NFL. He said, "Quote: It's all business in the NFL. It's not as intimate and not as relational." Which is, I mean, that is one hundred percent spot on. Like he seems. Like, he really cares about relationships, right? And I know that relationships get thrown around probably way too much when we're talking about coaches and players and all that. Not that you can't have relationships in the NFL. Tom Brady has really valued those relationships. But if you want those to be maybe a little bit more genuine, it seems like college football is probably the better road to take. He's in, he's in the right level of football. Some guys were born for the NFL, some guys were born for college football. Some guys were born for college football, but then try their hand at the NFL and it doesn't work, and they realize all along that they were made for college football, i.e. Nick Saban. 
Brent Venable is one of those guys that is he's always realized college football is where I'm supposed to be. It's where my heart is, and I don't have any second thoughts about going to the league. I love that. That's great. If you're happy with what you're doing, hey, Brent Venables is the same guy that for a long time we thought, okay, he just doesn't want to be a head coach. He's He's happy being the defensive coordinator at Clemson. He's well compensated, doesn't need the challenge of being a head coach. We find out that, okay, no, he, he does want to be a head football coach, actually turned down Auburn, and here he is with a great opportunity at Oklahoma. But other pastures haven't always necessarily – he hasn't jumped at him, right? He's had other opportunities and was happy for a long period of time to remain a defensive coordinator. So I think it's cool that – he can be someone that recognizes, I-, I love college football. I love being a defensive coordinator. I love being with Dabo Sweeney at Clemson. And now he- he's very much entrenched, I think, for as long as he wants to be here, so long as it's successful to be the head football coach at Oklahoma. You don't have to worry about yeah. that leapfrog to the NFL. Good point by Sean, though. He says, I like how he hasn't coached a game and the local media already wondering when he'll leave for the NFL. Now, the, the tweet, that's funny. The tweet that Parker sent out, it said, like, unprompted he said that. So I don't know if uh, he was actually asked about the NFL or if he just kind of went on a tangent and got to that. But if that question was asked, it's like, well, what, are we, what are we doing here, guys? Come on. Surely that question wasn't really asked. Well, Coach, there's a lot of head coaching uh, vacancies in the National Football League. What do you think about the Minnesota Vikings and the Miami Dolphins? Did Is uh, Jim Harbaugh officially taking the Vikings job, by the way? I, I don't know that there's been anything officially official. Now that – Feels like it's really close. The – what's the reporter's name from the Wolverine.com? I mean, he was treating it yesterday like it was imminent that he was going to – The phrasing that he used, plans to sign with the Minnesota Vikings, which, I mean, that implies that the Minnesota Vikings want Jim Harbaugh to be the head football coach and that Jim Harbaugh wants to sign and be the head football coach of the Minnesota Vikings. I, I don't know. I don't know if necessarily that's the case. Plank was pushing back against that this morning that he's not so convinced that Minnesota's as interested in Harbaugh as maybe that report led on to believe. I. He's, his theory is this. Once the Ian Rappaports and others of the world start reporting Harbaugh to Minnesota, that's when his ears were, will perk up. Hmm. Not somebody that covers the University of Michigan. I, I don't know. I, I'm not, I don't have my boots on the ground up there. Uh, but it kind of does feel like it today with all the snow that's around. But I feel like Jim Harbaugh is going to be coaching in the NFL well, next one year. Thing, one thing I think that is clear to me Jim Harbaugh wants out. He he wants one of these NFL jobs. Now, whether or not the Vikings want to hire him or the Dolphins want to hire him, okay, well, that's another piece of the puzzle. But I just don't think that report gets out from somebody that connected at the University of Michigan without there being some truth to the fact that Jim Harbaugh is flirting around with trying to land one of these NFL gigs. Yeah. Um, by the way, OU did get a signing from Grayson Holton, four-star defensive lineman out of San Diego. He was once an Oregon commits, correct? Yes. That is accurate, yes. Uh, Venables was asked about Grayson Holton today. He said, there was a coaching change. We reached out. He had an immediate response, was constant communication, very personable, real likable guy, immediately clicked on his vi- on his visit. Tremendous athlete that never left the field. Great endurance. So, Grayson Halton uh, bumping up OU's recruiting rankings to number eight, which I did some research over the break. The highest ranked recruiting cl- – this is in the 24-7 sports composite rankings. What does that mean? Well, that means that it is a combination of 24-7 sports team rankings, ESPN's recruiting rankings, and rivals recruiting rankings. And I guess on three now, right? Um, yeah. Did they ditch? Did they ditch rivals? Maybe it's maybe it's just on three and ESPN. Anyway, it's like a combination of the other recruiting services out there. So in 2019, OU had the number six overall class. That was Muleshoe's highest ranked class. Mm-hmm. In fact, that's the highest ranked class that OU's had in the past decade. The second highest rated class that OU's had in the past decade. Ding, 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 ding. You guessed it. This current recruiting class for OU, it's tied with the uh, 2017 class. So, what Which was, what, ninth? 
Uh, it was eighth. OU's oh, at eighth right eight. now. This one's tied for that one. So not bad, right, for a staff that's only been on campus for less than two months. It has the second-best recruiting class in the past decade. Actually, I think it I think it goes out to the past 11 years. It's pretty daggum good, man. I give the lion's share of the credit to the assistant coaches that were retained on this staff, the offensive assistant coaches, your Kale Gundys, your Bill Biedenbos, your DeMarco Murrays of the world, Bob Stoops in the interim, and then obviously Brent Venables and, and the new staff members that have come on here. Uh, your Todd Bates, your Miguel Chavises, your Roofs of the World. I give those guys the lion's share of the credit, but is there a portion of credit that should still go to the previous staff for laying the groundwork for this 22 class? How do you feel between those two opposing ideologies? Because I think there's some national folks that feel like, yeah, but they didn't do most of the work on this class i uh really struggle to give those guys any amount of credit whatsoever (laughs) um i mean sure but bob stoops also had to keep it together right and this new staff had to keep it together down the stretch as well so i guess give them credit for getting in on them early and getting them committed but more credit to keeping them on board when there was as much uncertainty within the program as there's been in a long time, at least in that first 24-hour period before Bob calmed everyone down and said, hey, calm down, it's going to be all right, we're OU, jeez. I'm with you. I'm not trying to build any uh, award plaques for Lincoln Riley or Roy Manning for this class. Text line says, no credit to Muleshoe for anything. (laughs) Reasonable. Uh, TBOW talked about limits on transfer portal. Dude is a narcissist. That's from Scott. (laughs) I love you, Scott. That's so good. Listened as much as I could of the presser despite the connection. I'm thrilled to hear how Coach feels about the portal and how he had to take the team forward regarding Caleb Williams. Yeah. uh, he's Listen, he's the Oklahoma head football coach. He can't be waiting around uh, tying up all of his future – into one player that may or may not come back. I mean, you got somebody like Dylan Gabriel out there. I I told you earlier, I think if Dylan Gabriel didn't have the connection with Jeff Levy and he hadn't already played one great season under Jeff Levy as his offensive coordinator at UCF, I think OU, instead of Ole Miss, lands Jackson Dart. I really, truly believe that. So Oklahoma is able to land these top-flight quarterbacks, and they needed to. Caleb Williams made his decision, and like Brent Vittables said today, I agree with him. As soon as he put his name into the transfer portal, you had to assume, okay, he's not coming back. What, what's our next move? Yeah, and, and most, most importantly, to you know secure your quarterback position for next year, right? I mean, you had to go – we all knew that he wasn't coming back the moment that he entered the portal. You had to go find your next year in the transfer portal. But I think it was also big to send a message to the rest of the team, like – you're not going to sit here and hold us hostage. I don't care who you are. I don't care if you are a freshman All-American and if you're uh, you know, this unbelievable player that everyone thinks is going to win you know, two Heismans in the next two years. No, no, no. That's not how it works here anymore. You don't hold us hostage. If you want to enter in the portal, that's cool, man. you got every right to do that. But guess what? We're going to look out for what's best for OU, and we're going to go get our next starting quarterback via the portal. So go in it all you want, but don't expect us to just run to you and cry to you and expect us to throw all this NIL money at you begging you to come back. I, I just love, maybe more than anything, the message that it sent to the rest of the team. Like, you're not going to pull that crap with us. Well, and gigantic in this regard, too. What have we heard Brent Vittables say in the past? We, we've heard him say, you have to recruit your own roster, your own locker room every single day. And there were some questions about multiple wide receivers and skill guys. Were they going to stick at Oklahoma if Caleb Williams wasn't around? But now it feels like, okay, feeling a lot more comfortable about Jaleel Farouk sticking around long term. Feel great about Marvin Mims being a piece of the puzzle moving forward here. He's, he's your odds-on favorite to, again, be the number one target as uh, Oklahoma's leading wide receiver going into next season. Theo Weiss, that, that was somebody that had entered the transfer portal, came back out of the transfer portal, and is, is now at Oklahoma. Getting Dylan Gabriel on board allowed you something to sell those guys yeah. that, hey, we, we've got somebody that has played big-time college football. That played an entire season and had 32 touchdown passes and four picks. Like You, you, can, you can sell that, man. 
Uh, mule shoe, no credit. A weak chin, B word that wears skinny jeans. <laughs> <laughs> mule shoe recruiting for USC while employed for, by OU. Real integrity. Clap hands emoji. Yeah, that's probably the worst part of the entirety of the statement that, that he made about the transfer portal. He, he can't use the word integrity. Lincoln, you are barred from using that word. You have very minimal integrity. I'd say no integrity at this point. Uh, this text says, watching the highlight video, Jamarian Burt has a little book in him. Now, all right, guys, I know we're all real excited on signing day. I'm all excited on signing day, too, but... Well, I think they've signed about 20 All-Americans here. Tr- I try not to be like, oh, he's the next Brandon Everidge out there. You know, that, that guy's the next Darren Sproles. I try not to do that before the kids ever played a down of football. I'm very excited about this class. I think it has a high upside. I, I love that it's spread across the board. You got your quarterback in there, a couple tight ends, a few offensive linemen, some D linemen that you really like across the board, some good backers, guys that are listed as athletes. They're going to play defense that you like. Like it's spread across the board. It's a really good class, but the <laughs> the comps that are thrown out there, I'm gonna I'm gonna cool off on that one because. Um, a lot of people try to do that with Buki, including some former staff members saying he's the next Roy Williams, and that was not fair to that kid. Aged like milk was not good. No, it uh, was not. Which, Which <laughs> was amazing, by the way. Speaking of Roy Williams, Superman, I loved his. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved yeah. his commentary on the nickname mm-hmm. Superman was pretty interesting. Thank you to Kaysen. He does remind us that yes. Cavante Henry supposed to sign at 515. Uh, he's about to sign here any minute. And we all feel that another four-star player is about to commit to OU. So the, the good news has been coming down today. The only – I wouldn't even say it's bad news. Devin Campbell did end up picking Texas today. Knew that that was going to happen. Uh, Ahmad Moten did end up picking Miami. Not really a surprise there, but kind of all the other ones that were up in the air have have, have gone OU's way. And I think that Cavante Henry, six four two twenty five edge player, is about to go their way as well out of the state of California. So let's think about this. Cavante Henry, we think is going to be OU. Let's let's chalk that up as a sooner signing. R. Mason Thomas, help me out here. Jamarian Burt. Uh huh. Gentry Williams today. Gentry Williams. And is that it for today? There was one more edge uh, defensive line guy, was there not? Uh, unless I totally just don't have it written down. Uh, I'm, so, I mean, you're basically saying they've they've gotten every single target, real target that they've had today. Save for, for two, right? I mean, if, if you said you're batting five out of seven on – final targets here i'd say that's pretty doggone good yeah no it's it's been grayson halton yeah it's been a good day for ou for sure uh and i guess we'll see maybe coming up uh next segment if Cavante henry is going to announce ou as well keep it locked right here on the rush on the ref we're the homeless suitor fans
Breaking news. Breaking news in the final hour of the rush. OU has named a starting quarterback for the 2022 season. Not kidding. No, no, no. Josh just gave me the surprise face. Not kidding. Jeff Lebby says Dylan Gabriel is our guy. How refreshing. We are not going to go into a spring or a training camp acting like Dylan Gabriel is not the guy that he's battling it out with the true freshman. No, 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 no. Jeff Levy just confirmed on uh, February 2nd, Groundhog Day, uh, Dylan Gabriel is quarterback one. He's our guy. I love it. Thank you. We don't have to spend all summer talking about a fake quarterback competition between Dylan Gabriel and anybody else involved. I love it. Uh, It's a different approach. Stark contrast to what happened around here with Lincoln Riley as the head football coach. Dylan Gabriel, we know he's the starting quarterback. And Jeff Levy not messing around, making that clear today. I wondered if this new staff, if they wouldn't have a different approach in this regard. That that they might want to set the table, set the stage here, heading into spring, first year of the Venables era, and say, listen, Dylan Gabriel is Oklahoma's starting quarterback, and that's established here from day one. And, and I think that's a positive for OU. I think it's a positive that the entire team, like, and they knew anyway, regardless if there would have been a quarterback competition, quote-unquote or not, um, they would have known. But I like it that it's like out there, okay, Dylan Gabriel is is the quarterback of the team. Guy, He might end up being the leader of the offense this year. You know, Maybe he's that type of dude. Uh, double dip of good news? Yes. How about this? Cavante Henry does, in fact, sign with OU. He just announced OU, four-star uh, defensive lineman out of the state of California. Cavante Henry is a Sooner, and this continues a pretty awesome day for OU on the recruiting trail. They have closed quite strong today, even with a couple surprises. So that brings the total signees in this class up to... What, 21, 20? I think 21? 21. Yeah, 21 is the number. I mean, that's pretty doggone good, given that you, you had a head coaching change. Uh, this, this thing could have come completely apart on Oklahoma. Instead, it's the second-best class in the Big 12 behind Texas, and in a per-player ranking, it's better than Texas's class. Like, if you just average it out specifically per player, the the average rating for Oklahoma's signee in this class is better than the average rating for Texas's players in this class. So it's been a remarkable, remarkable recruiting uh, effort by Oklahoma. I feel like this is going to be enough for them to jump Notre Dame and be at number seven. If not, it's going to be really close. But I feel like with this Cavante-Henry flip, which – it is a flip. He was committed to Michigan, and he signs with OU. Four-star uh, edge player out of Los Angeles. Golly, they got like three four-star edge players coming into this class. Again, I know. Position I love to need, it. Position to need for this defense right and, now. And probably both Cavante, Henry, you look at it, what is he listed, 6'2", 225? Yeah. And R. Mason Thomas is six. Actually, Cavante Henry six four two twenty five. Six four two twenty five. Well, even more so to my point then. So he's six four two twenty five, and I want to say R. Mason Thomas is listed six one six two two fifteen. Both a couple of guys that can can certainly gain from being around the Schmitty training program. They they could add some weight, and they'll need to do so to if they're going to end up lining up outside on the defensive line for Oklahoma's edge players, maybe they're outside linebackers. We shall see for both of those two guys, but probably not instant impact type players for Oklahoma, but obviously huge late additions for the Sooners. You want to hear what uh, offensive coordinator Jeff Lebby thinks about OU's culture right now? Would love to. Genuine juice. We care about young people. We care about the people we work with every single day, and we care about Oklahoma football, guys. When they walk into the building, they feel that and they see that, in quotes. It's from Jeff Levy. Well, that jives with... Genuine juice. Jives with what we see 
moms and dads and in players saying about their visits to Oklahoma. There's a lot of that out there. Something special happening at Oklahoma. Love the culture that's being built here at Oklahoma. I mean, even even some of the signees in this class that were involved with the previous coaching staff to now this coaching staff have made similar remarks that there's just something a little bit different. Yeah. It's, man... <sighs> And it makes you feel good. It, uh, momentum is a real thing within a program, um, especially when a new staff takes over. You want it to be exciting. You, you kind of want everything to be really engaging. And um, the the excitement, the, the ball continues to be rolling, man. You know, like this is supposed to be kind of the dead time of the year where it's like, yeah, we were really excited in December when he got hired and it was awesome. But it kind of dies off a little bit, you know, into the spring game and it, it hasn't died off. And today is one of those reasons why, why you were able to close it the way that you did with defensive players, with defensive linemen that we've known that they've needed around here for a long time. It's I, I've said it multiple times. I'll say it again. It's it's been a really good day for uh, OU recruiting. And it's wound up being ultimately a fun couple of months yeah, for Oklahoma sure. football with the transition here that everybody's excited about. I don't know how much of a difference ultimately the Valero Alamo Bowl win over Oregon necessarily had for Oklahoma, but just on the surface it feels like just to avoid any sort of a hiccup, bump in the road, it definitely kept the momentum rolling for Oklahoma. Like, if they lose that Alamo Bowl to Oregon, are we sitting here in a different spot today with this signing class? I mean, no, probably not. But you don't get the visor. You know what I mean? Like, the coolest moment was the visor handoff. And you don't get the visor handoff if you win that game. But here, here, it was already, it was all predestined. There was no way with everything that had happened that Bob Stoops taking over the team. There was no way that Oregon was going to beat him that day. It had already been decided. OU was going to win. They were going to win convincingly. Bob was going to get to hand over the visor to Brent Venables. And finish with a winning bowl game record. No, any other way that that game was going to go. Had to end that way. Weren't they up like 30-3 to at the half? Something like that? It was a you-know-what kicking at recess. Got a little little entertaining in the second half, but it was never really in doubt. Uh, Air Cover Solutions text line. Hit us up there. 651-3439. Breaking news. Muleshoe comes out and says that Caleb Williams will have to battle for the starting job and sees him (laughs) competing for the job in the fall. He's going to have to battle for for the job with Miller Moss. Kyler Murray barely beat out Austin Kendall, so it always can be a close competition. Crying face emoji. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we heard that. Uh, I, I will remind everyone, we heard two weeks before kickoff that, I don't know, maybe they may be splitting reps. They may be splitting reps on Saturday, Kyler Murray and Austin Kendall. What is the over-under for how many times Muleshoe will say we are close in his press conferences? Uh, five and a half this year. I hope that yeah, they went we, four and eight last year. I hope we get a couple we're closes after they get beat by four scores by UCLA. Oh, That's buddy, I really be, what I'm rooting for. I will be playing that drop on this show uh, all football season long if it happens just one time. <laughs> yeah, he better you. be he better be careful and not use that phrase. Keep the text coming. Uh, Jeff Levy is uh, kind of at the podium right now with the media. Let's you know what's, what's going on there. New defensive coordinator. Ted Roof is going to be there as well. So we'll keep you updated on uh, everything that's going on at OU right now and hit your text and more on the other side. Final hour of the rush rolls on.
Riverwind Casino and Hotel bringing you the final hour of the rush. Just south of Norman off of Highway 9, the Riverwind Casino and Hotel has a huge casino floor that's over 219,000 square foot and has over 2,700 electronic games. 30 table games and a poker room open 24-7 in addition to gaming. Riverwind also has great concerts and comedy shows going on. For tickets or to check out their events calendar, call 405-322-6464. That's the Riverwind Casino just south of Norman off of Highway 9 and I-35. A uh, little bit of a scheduling update. OU Baylor women's hoops tonight. Uh, women's hoops ranked 18th. Baylor ranked number nine. They're on the road in Waco. That start time has been pushed back to 7:30. You can uh, listen to that game 1400 AM, 99.3 FM. Which that's probably your best bet because the only other option is ESPN Plus. So 1400 AM, 99.3 FM. If you want to catch that. Seven o'clock pre. Which they swept OSU in Texas last week and didn't move up at all in the rankings. Is that right? Total disrespect. That doesn't make doesn't make any sense at all. When Texas was ranked higher than what OU was. Hmm. Yeah, I, I can't figure that out either. Defensive coordinator Ted Roof on what stands out about the OU program. Quote, I've coached in a lot of games in a lot of places, but I've never been here at Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium, and I drove up and I saw 50 conference championships. Yeah, it's a it's a place that you can uh, easily be impressed with, with all the uh, accolades that are up there on the uh, press box. Yeah, good time for the roof to go ahead and keep adding to some of these uh, accomplishments. I feel like OU is done for the rest of the day. Uh, they're still going to be waiting on what Josh Connerly is. That the last guy seems this, like it. in this entire class. Now that's not it's not one that's going to happen tomorrow. This is one that could happen in like what March? Yeah, basically. Yeah, we're going to be waiting a while. It could uh, it could be a while, but I probably could... on the Jim Harbaugh watch there. If he leaves, then the door swings wide open for Oklahoma and Connerly. If he stays put, then. I don't know what that means. Pro- feel, probably works against you. I feel like it's a foregone conclusion that he's going to leave Michigan. Now, I, I guess maybe Connerly is going to allow the new staff at Michigan or the new head coach to, you know, be impressive, and maybe he wants to play for that guy. I, I don't know, but that's we'll be watching that situation, I'm sure, for the next month or so. Overall, though, a great signing day across the board for Oklahoma. Did they ever – was there ever any news on Brady Brown, the – punter uh yeah he yesterday yeah he announced yesterday correct? he committed right but uh, did they get a signature from him i i thought yesterday they I, I i don't know if they officially got a signature but he announced it yesterday so that's that's good enough for me because he he definitely had an offer from ou that that does seem like one position where you don't see a whole lot of flips like whoa signing day surprise a punter once committed to UCLA flips to Washington. Whoa. I feel like if you're a punter or you're a kicker or you're committed somewhere, you, for the most part, you're probably, you know, staying put. Sticking with, yes. Uh, King B in Tulsa says, Not sure when you guys began simulcasting in Tulsa during this time slot especially, but I discovered it about two to three months ago and absolutely love it. Love the text line, too. The ability to comment and hear comments of other Sooner fans um, is amazing. I have told several Tulsa-area people, and they are now listeners as well. Thank you so much! It's very kind of you. Continue to spread the good word. Uh, we were the home of the Sooner fans. I say that all the time, and that's what we are... Uh, out to do. We're not going to sit here and, and bore you with Thunder or an NBA talk and read off the scores from you know Wednesday night or anything like that. We're gonna we're gonna talk OU because I, I've always thought the station has always thought that it's number one in the state. It's always going to be number one in the state, especially OU football. So we're we're gonna talk it more and we're gonna talk it better than any, anyone else. I guarantee you that. Twenty four seven, three sixty five. Well, maybe not twenty four seven, but. Eh, pretty much 24-7, it feels like. You can 24-7. You can do 6 a.m. to 6 p.m. over the air, and then with the show podcast that we put up, which you can find on Apple Podcasts, you can basically listen 24-7 to the show replays. That's true. If anything you missed, it's right there, sportstalk1400.podomatic.com. Yeah, but we're going to talk sooner. It's not, I'm just, we're not 
we're not really going to waste your time with Thunder Talk. I don't think there's a whole lot of reason to talk about the OKC Thunder right now. They stink. They're trying to stink. No one's going to the games. Uh, we'll, we'll just we'll just hammer out OU and probably uh, a whole lot more SEC talk coming here in the near future once they join that league, which that's going to be fun, man. Any chance? I think I've asked you this multiple times. I, I just wonder if we're going to get any sort of an official indication from Oklahoma and Texas over the next umpteen months, the seven months. I think it's going to happen kickoff. this summer. Yeah, I don't think it's imminent. Um, I think after the like athletic year is over, and I don't whatever date that is. I guess what the women's college world series closes in June, which <laughs> Patty Gasso's squad uh, will be playing in that tournament once again in Oklahoma City. Yeah, you can pretty much plan on that. But it feels like once that ends, like the the acad- or the athletic academic year ends, I, I think like. I think July we'll hear that this is OU and Texas last year in the SEC. Whether or not that comes directly from OU and Texas or national, yeah. yeah and, and I was like most, most like everybody else. I I wanted to get out ASAP when it was announced last summer. Like, okay, make it the last year in the Big Twelve. Let's roll towards the SEC. Get that recruiting bump. Like, let, let's just go initiation phase. Whatever has to happen. Like, let's roll into this thing. It's worked out perfectly in my opinion um you just like to have a year where you get one final year in the big 12 that is going to be a very winnable league and then in year two with this with this coaching staff you enter into the sec and it's still like it's not going to be a walk in the park in 2023 when OU goes to that conference it's still going to be really difficult I just like that buffer year of kind of getting your feet underneath you a little bit and not having to like seriously hit the ground running with that schedule that they would have to play. And this coaching staff gets to have two signing classes before they go into the SEC, assuming that this is, in fact, the final year of the Big 12 Conference. So I I like that part of it, that these guys, a couple of these late signees, you know, the edge rushers, defensive line guys that – They've got a year with Schmitty to get their bodies right, and then all of a sudden you're, you're ready to embark well, on the Southeastern Conference. That's actually the best point of it all is what you're hearing about what's going on up there right now in strength and conditioning. And you, know, you do hear things about Jaron Kanak just looks like, God, like an unbelievable athlete. But you also hear that, yeah, they're not – some positions are not where they need to be at strength-wise. Like, that's the best point of it all. This program needs a year of Schmitty before they're ready to take on that conference. Yes. I mean, that, that, I think that that is totally, totally accurate. They need – and still, again, even after just a year, there's going to be some big adjustments, but they definitely need at least a year before they roll into that league. And probably a couple of years recruiting just to – get the horses that you want to have across the board, the depth that you need up front, both offensive line and defensive line. Previous staff was not ready for that adjustment, and there's a lot of speculation that Muleshoe didn't want a part of that conference. I, I can buy into that. I can buy into that quite a bit. And that's why I think, you know, even though he called USC the Mecca, I don't think it was necessarily about the USC job. I think it was more about, whatever high-profile job was open this offseason. Like, I don't, I don't believe that USC was the only job that he was going to leave OU for. It kind of feels to me that he was kind of looking for a way out. And if that was another high-profile job that was open and USC was, I, I think he'd be somewhere else. My opinion. Outside of the SEC? Outside of the SEC, of course, yeah. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. This It's why I just am fascinated by... Like, Pat Forty, I guess on the heels of Caleb Williams making this thing official to USC, he's got his story. Lincoln Riley is more equipped for the L.A. lifestyle lifestyle than you might think, and USC is more equipped than ever to help Riley pursue titles. And then the next tweet he has underneath it, was Oklahoma's future move to the SEC a factor in Riley's willingness to look elsewhere? It's like, okay, well, (laughs) how's he going to be going and winning national championships if he's running away from the conference that, I don't know, has been winning the national championships. Yeah, yeah, you, you, can, you can go join that sissy conference out west, but who do you think that you're going to play when the games really matter? 
Like, you can run from the SEC, but you can't hide from the SEC because, buddy, they'll find you in the college football playoff. And I hate, God, I just hate having to give that conference credit. I really do. But it is true, man. It is the best league. OU's joining the best league. And if you're running from it, it, I mean, if you're in a position to play for a national championship, you're going to have to beat some of those teams. The past 15 years of college football, the track record just is what it is yeah. at this point. Yeah. Not that others haven't won national championships. Clemson broke through. Florida State broke through. Ohio State did in 14. Ohio State, but I mean, by and large, I mean, outside of that, nobody else has. So. Thank God for a dedicated OU station that I can listen to here in Tribune, Kansas. Do you know where Tribune, Kansas is at? You're a, you're a Wichita boy. I, I do not. <laughs> Maybe we'll look it up during the break. But I, I uh, would like to know. Yeah, now I'm curious. Is hey, that a Western Kansas? Western Kansas, Kevin. Yeah, that's who sent that. Okay, interesting. Yeah. All right. Hey, appreciate that. Appreciate all the text and interaction. We got one final segment coming up next right here on The Ref.